This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the war in Ukraine continues. It is one of the biggest stories in the world, one of the two big stories in the world uh, at the moment that could change irrevocably the way we live. The other, of course, is Donald Trump's endeavor to become president of the United States again. Ukraine is an interesting proposition at the moment because its spring offensive, which effectively became a summer offensive, has not worked as successfully as expected. The United States are displeased, and in Europe there continues to be differing opinions, particularly between France and other European countries. And it's a pleasure to welcome to the stand now Lara Marlowe, a journalist and author. She's in Ukraine at the moment. She is one of the most distinguished journalists of our time, and a recipient of the Chevalier Légion d'Honneur, which he didn't want me to tell you, but it is a very high honour given to French citizens by their rulers. And uh, Lara, you've, you're welcome to the stand. You've been in many hotspots in your career, a very long and distinguished career, including in the Middle East, where you were working for Time magazine, among others. Does Ukraine have the feeling of a place at war, or is there a degree of normality about the situation they're in at the moment? Both, Eamon. Um, strange as that may sound, uh, I hitched a ride from Lviv to Kiev uh, with a sniper on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's kind of, I think it's probably the first time that I took a seven hour drive in, in a four wheel drive vehicle, um, black with, with, you know, dark windows yes. and all kinds of military insignia all over it. And the guy with a revolver and is in his, uh, holster on his, on his thigh. And, and so when I interviewed him at a, at a pit stop and, um, you know, it's all about, Getting Russians. Um, so there was that. And, you know, and at the same time, you're driving through this uh, rolling plains of Western Ukraine and everything looks normal. Um, there are a lot of churches with gold domes and, and so on. And then when you get to the outskirts of Kyiv, um, 
to to the area that the Russians went into last year, um, right, right after the full scale invasion started, uh, you see bombed out buildings and and you know carcasses of buildings and that sort of thing. And then you get into Kiev, and there are more people around than there were a year ago. I was here last summer at this time. Um, I was in the metro yesterday. It was it was crowded. Um, I had lunch at McDonald's yesterday. It was also <laughs> crowded. Uh, but then there are these constant reminders of the war. Um, for example, I have a, a Ukrainian telephone and it beeps all the time with Vodafone when I arrived, sent me a message saying, you know, welcome to Ukraine. Welcome back. We're glad to have you here. We will stand together to victory. Uh, something like that. Um, at the petrol station where we stopped on, on, on the way to Kyiv, uh, there was this logo of um, red bullets, which were arranged like teeth. Yes. And uh, against a black background. And it says an eye for an eye on one. And then there's another one that says a tooth for a tooth. And then it says if you buy the, the petrol chain is called WOG. And it says if you buy WOG petrol, we'll give, you know, such and such percentage to the army, to our armed forces. Yes. Uh, and they've, they've got this logo of the bullets, um, like teeth on T-shirts and, and um, caps and you know, mugs and all kinds of stuff that they're selling at the petrol station for the war. I went in the supermarket across the street from my hotel and there's a big display of salt from Solidar. And you remember, you may remember, um, Prigozhin, Yevgeny Prigozhin, yes. sort of um, parading in the salt mine in Solidar when when his men took it. It's right. It's part of. It's in Bakhmut, really, or right next to, very close to Bakhmut. So the Russians took this salt mine, which was the biggest salt mine in Ukraine, and they're selling off the remaining salt that they had mined before the Russians took the mine uh, at a premium price. And it says, um, if you buy this salt, we will. Give we will donate the proceeds to the Ukrainian army. Uh, another little line. I went uh, yesterday. I walked over to a big monument which used to be called um, the Motherland Monument, which was built by the Soviets after the Second World War, and it's the tallest statue in Ukraine. It's very much identified with Kiev. Uh, it's it's enormous. I think it's almost a hundred meters high. It's made out of shiny steel. And the problem was that this motherland statue is vaguely resemblant, uh, uh, vaguely resembles the Statue of Liberty in New York. And the shield that the, the motherland is holding had a hammer and sickle on it. Yes. And, uh, earlier this month in preparation for Independence Day, which falls on Wednesday, the Ukrainians at great expense, almost a million euro, um, removed the hammer and sickle from the shield on the motherland statue and replaced it with a trident, which is a symbol for Ukraine since, uh, since the 10th century. Uh, so this is a big operation. There's still uh, pulleys and, and uh, platforms and cranes and things uh, next to the statue, but they will be completed uh, by Wednesday. So, um, you know, that's just another sign. Um, that people are saying this is the final act of 
decommunization, yes. which uh, Ukraine started in 1991 when they got independence. So yes, the war is ever-present. You also are kind of always listening for explosions. I, I did hear something last night and, and wondered if what it was, but there's nothing in the news this morning. So apparently there was, there was no attack on, on Kiev overnight. Or, or another example, when I was in the vehicle, the four-wheel drive vehicle coming from Lviv, uh, my interpreter, who was sitting next to me, we were all crammed in. There were five of us in the vehicle, and he, um, we heard immediately, of course, about the attack on Chernihiv. Yes, uh, where there was a meeting of, of drone designers. Um, it was public information, so it's not a particular credit to Russian intelligence. But they fired a caliber, caliber cruise missile um, at the center of Chernihiv, killed seven people, wounded another 144. And people are outraged. People are upset. Um, the, the shock of that sort of thing never goes away, especially because one of the people killed was a six-year-old child. Yes. Uh, and then at the same time, the Ukrainians, more or less at the same time, managed to fire a drone at a Russian military airfield Nearly a thousand kilometers away, which is amazing. This is way up north, uh, on close to St. Petersburg. And the Russians denounced this as a terrorist attack. And my fellow passengers in, in these vehicles were saying, this is, you know, when, when Ukraine attacks an airfield, it's a terrorist attack. But when yes. Putin fires a, a cruise missile at a city center and kills civilians, um, you know, that's, that's legitimate. I mean, that people, there is a sense of anger. Um, I think the anger is greater than it was a year ago. I think that actually one of the people I interviewed yesterday said, you know, the Russians tried to knock out all our electricity and heating last winter. And that made the army really angry. He said, after Bucha, Bucha where those atrocities yes. were committed, um, I think it was more than 400 people killed in, in the early stages of the war, women raped, um, the horrible, horrible yes. incidents. He said, after Bucha, uh, our, our slogan was no mercy, no mercy for the Russians. And, and the, the army is, is angrier than ever. And that's, that's fuel. You know, that's, that's what keeps them going, I think. But they also have a sense of humor as well. Yes, they have shown their and proven their resilience. However, the spring summer offensive uh, has not gone to plan. And uh, there are mutterings now in Washington where President Biden will have to go and seek more money from Congress. There are also, very interestingly, uh, divisions in Europe and Paris, which you know and, and where you live, uh, Sarkozy gave an interview in which he suggested that negotiations are the way uh, of resolving this. And also, of course, President Macron has kept a relationship of some kind with uh, Putin and with Russia. And the argument that Macron and Sarkozy are making is the possibility of negotiations must be on the table because there can be no outright winner. This has angered many people, I believe, mm -hmm. in Ukraine. It, it has well, angered a lot of people in France as well, including yes. yours truly. Uh, I mean, Sarkozy has no right to speak about this. He was 
on the payroll of a big Russian insurance company, which gave him over 3 million euro, and he's under investigation for that. Uh, he also received several hundred thousand euro for a lecture in St. Petersburg, Putin's hometown, a, a few years ago. Um, so I don't really think that, that Sarkozy is, is in any way a, a neutral observer. And his interview in the Figaro last week was, was pretty outrageous. I mean, not only he, he claims that uh, Crimea always felt Russian uh, when, in fact, a majority of Crimeans voted for, for independence uh, in 1991. Uh, he does, he's talking about things he doesn't know about. Uh, yes. And he's, remember, Sarkozy's the guy who gave Abkhazia and, and North Ossetia uh, to Russia in 2009 when it invaded Georgia. And now he's ready to give them, you know, everything that they've seized in, in Ukraine as well. Um, I, I, I think it's absolutely scandalous. No, but, he's oh, a bit This like is what he said. Yeah, I mean, Gerhard Schroeder is a close friend of Putin's, uh, another former force in European politics uh, as chancellor. In Germany, um, I mean, officially, the 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 French government did. There was a statement saying this is not French government policy. Yes. And while Macron has been more lenient towards Putin um, than than other people in, in in the past, and you know, advocated dialogue and so on, I think he's been very very quiet about it. Now he hasn't taken position on it in a long time. I I think that he still hopes to be some kind of mediator in in the long run, but he wouldn't be nearly as as capitulationist, if one may use that term, yes. as Sarkozy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the question of where Ukraine go if Trump were to win 
he has no interest in NATO. He actually talked the last time he was president about leaving NATO, which would be a blow for Western security because the United States largely funds NATO. And uh, Joe Biden, whatever about his frailties, he has been a galvanizing force with the Europeans and in particular with the NATO allies. I'm sure there's a consciousness in Ukraine about the stakes being so high in the American election and directly uh, could impact them uh, directly. And I'm sure Putin knows as well. Yes, yes, very much so. Although it's not something people have brought up with me spontaneously so far. I did get one question from someone saying, is it true that that Trump could be president of the United States from a prison cell? Um, and my understanding of that is is that, yes, he could. Um, I, I think people are, are pretty appalled by it, but they, they probably have more immediate concerns when when Russian cruise missiles are exploding in your cities, yes. that's yeah. that's a more immediate concern than the the presidential election over a year from now in the U.S. Uh, but yes, that would be a nightmare scenario, certainly for for Ukraine, and not just for Ukraine, for Europe's security, because there is a huge we have a a, a huge stake in this, or the European Union has a huge stake in it. Uh, states like Poland and Moldova. Mm. All those Baltic countries have a big stake. And I know that the, the Poles have sent a lot of troops to the border with Belarus as a precaution, I assume. Yeah, I, I think there's a feeling the Ukrainians do fear that at the end of the day, the Americans will let them down. Yes. Uh, whether or not Trump is reelected. Yes. Uh, I interviewed a, a fellow yesterday, a, a prominent Jewish businessman, inventor, close to the defense ministry, involved in all sorts of things, uh, you know, for transporting grain out of Ukraine and so on. And he said to me, I, w- I was quite taken aback because it's not the kind of Ukraine I would like to imagine, but he said, I think that when this, by the end of this war, we will become a colossal arms manufacturer. He said, yes. we need to produce weapons to defend ourselves and we can export them and, and become, you know, really rich on it and so on and so forth. Yes. And, but I think there is that, that feeling that they're going to have to defend themselves eventually. Or one could also imagine some kind of uh, alliance maybe with Poland and the Baltic states, you know, who are the most sympathetic to Ukraine and the most anti-Russian. Um, but yes, the prospect of, of a Trump presidency and the virtual end of NATO um, is very worrying. One would hope that that might galvanize the European Union and that the EU might actually come together and, and have some sort of defense policy, defense force that would be credible, which is not really the case at the moment. Um, actually, I have heard Ukrainians since I returned two days ago saying uh, that they didn't really have put much faith in the European Union, and I can understand why. Yes, I mean, if if you take Ireland's position on this, uh, our sort of what's called positive neutrality, you couldn't rely on that very much when you're dealing with Mr. Putin, could you? No, no. And now the question of the summer offensive, it isn't going according to plan. There's a dispute uh, reported in this morning's Financial Times between the U.S. military who are advising Ukraine and Ukrainians about tactics, basically. And 
there's only so much time left before uh, the autumn winter when progress with tanks will come to a halt. Is it your sense, Lara, that the Ukrainians are in this for the long haul? And I mean, there was speculation in Russia actually last week that this could last for years, even from here. And this is a a conflict that Putin thought might be finished in three days when he took Kiev. Mm, Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, the the sniper driver who I mentioned, um, I said to him, do you think you'll still be fighting Russians in 20, 30, 50, 100 years? And he said, yes. He said, he said, they're going to, this is going to happen over and over and over. So, uh, and I think in many ways, the worst possible outcome for everyone is uh, a forever war, a permanent war. Yes. Uh, and I can understand why Western leaders are eager to forestall that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, do you, let the Russians keep the 17.5% of Ukrainian territory that they've seized yes. and reward them for that just because you're tired of the war. Um, the, the Ukrainians say no. And Unfortunately, Macron, in his comments last week, seemed to be saying maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe in negotiations, the Russians would withdraw, mm-hmm. but they'd keep some of the territory that they have taken. I, I think that that is a very unpleasant, unpleasant and unfortunate prospect. Um, yes. That's quite possible. But it, to say that you would accept that now at this point would be a huge strategic error. Uh, people talk a lot about the unexpected. Several people have said to me, I just keep hoping that something unexpected will happen. And we saw an example of that, uh, of course, on June 24th, when Yevgeny Prigozhin yes. was well on his way to Moscow. Now, Prigozhin, you can argue, would, would be even worse than Putin. But uh, he might not have the support and credibility um, you know, to, to, to govern either. I, I think people are just kind of hoping for a miracle that, that something will happen out of the blue. And very often in wars... The unexpected does happen. I mean, who yeah. knows? I mean, maybe maybe the International Criminal Court will will somehow abduct Putin and and drag him in chains to the Hague. You, anything could happen. You just don't know. Yes, and there are reports from Moscow that there is a great deal of volatility within Putin's inner circle, and people are falling out of windows and disappearing. The latest uh, being Popov a general who was in charge of the uh, Ukraine operation. So there's something that Putin has to deal with there, and that would be the kind of surprise or liberation. But really, it's not something you could hang your hat on, is it? No, not not at all. And it also could be a negative surprise. I mean, something really catastrophic could happen at any moment, and people are all aware of that and, and on edge as well. And when you're going around in Kyiv, Lara, is there, I mean, you've been to so many troubled spots, particularly in the Middle East where you were for a very long time uh, with Robert Fisk very often. You've been in these terrible war zones and seen the awfulness of bodies and war. Is that vibe and that atmosphere present in Ukraine or can you almost be in Kyiv and 
not realise or not think of what's going on elsewhere in the country. You mentioned Butcher before, uh, yeah. and there's so many other places where horrendous war crimes have been committed. Does it feel in Kiev that you're in a war zone? Or as you indicated, and one of our other contributors, Johnny O'Reilly, who, who is in Kiev at the moment, he said it's relatively normal. Yes. Um, in fact, um, there's a there's a beach club called the 50s Beach Club that's on the, the Dnieper River with white sand and so on. And, and um, you've got young people with great suntans and girls in bikinis and loud music and, you know, cocktails by the pool and, and this sort of thing. And, and Russian media actually did a really um, scurrilous report saying this, this proves that it's a fake war because people are, are, are enjoying the summer in Kiev. Yes. Uh, but if, you, if you're a journalist and you're going around, for example, I'm, I went to a clinic yesterday that is using xenon gas to treat um, people in shock, people in terrible pain, uh, those who can't sleep, and, and they give free treatment to soldiers returning from the front. And the director of the clinic was showing me videos on her phone of people with amputated limbs. There was yes. a young woman who'd had her jaw reconstructed several times. And, and when you see those kinds of injuries, and I, I interviewed a, an amazing guy who'd, who'd had shrapnel on both legs, uh, at Bakhmut and, and so on. And so if, if you're a journalist and you're looking for wounded people, uh, they're certainly there. And, yes. and you don't have to go very far to find them. Now, your own uh, native land, the election, of course, is 15 months away. But you'd know better than any of us the degree to which isolationism, whether it comes through DeSantis or Trump or any other, many other of the Republican candidates, if not the whole Republican Party, which it isn't, that kind of isolationism in these kind of circumstances is terrifying if Putin and he Putin will be banking on a Trump victory, the Americans defunding the war and Ukraine being left at the mercy of the Russian Federation at a time when it, it's most desperately needed the NATO support because it seems likely now, I wonder if you'd agree, that a Trump presidency would damage NATO, maybe terminally. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you remember the last Trump presidency, how he was constantly haranguing yes. the Europeans, I mean, really insulting them because they weren't paying their fair share. Um, it got, it got really, really ugly. And a Trump doesn't see the point of NATO. I mean, <laughs> the, you do hear, that questions people say, well, is, is Trump a paid agent of, of Russia, of, of, yes. of Putin? And, and that, that doubt will, is, is always there. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, totally catastrophic. Couldn't agree more. Um, but I, I hope that the others would say, well, you know, to hell with America. We'll do it on our own. Um, that would be the, the, the best outcome, I, I think. I don't know. Uh, I, I, but that's where that's where it's interesting to to reflect on Macron's kind of ambivalence in a way to or lack of commitment and indeed Sarkozy, although he is yesterday's man and he has got corruption issues to deal with, 
when you hear those guys, it makes you wonder if without the leadership Biden has shown and the Americans have shown, the will would exist, uh, the political will in Europe uh, to continue to support Ukraine. I mean, um, Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, has also been quite reticent. Yes. Um, France and Germany, traditionally, I mean, they were the ones who opposed uh, immediate uh, NATO membership for Georgia and Ukraine back in, in 2008. So, uh, yes, that, that reticence is there on the part of many Europeans. I think one small difference with Macron is that he is a very strong advocate of European defense. Yes. And if Macron thought that, that NATO was, remember a few years ago, he said it was brain dead. Um, if, if he thought NATO was really dying, uh, and saw an opportunity to jump in there and, and create something else that would be a European system, yes. preferably led by France from his point of view, uh, yeah, he might go for it, but he's only in office till 2027. So he'd have, he'd have three years after a Trump re-election. Um, he, he might, might be able to do something. Who knows? Okay. Um, but it's, it's just, uh, it would be to use that old cliche. It really would be uncharted waters and it would be the whole international order as we know it would be in question. It already is because of the invasion of Ukraine. Um, but yes. this would just be another huge upheaval. So we are at a critical moment in history. There's no doubt about that, Laura. We're d- very grateful to you for joining us from Kiev. Take care of yourself, of course. And thank you very much for joining us on the stand today. That's Lara Marlowe. We're very grateful to Lara, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.